0: Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that he moves in your life. Let's all pray together because we need it. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are not someone who looks at the color of our skin in order to pour your spirit out. That it says in the word that you pour your spirit out on all flesh. I thank you, Lord, that it is the same spirit of that day that brought us together in unity. That is the same spirit that we have here on the earth moving through each and every one of us. That brings true unity to the body of Christ. In Holy Spirit, we recognize your importance. We need you more than ever. Would you come and till the soil of our souls this morning? I ask, Lord, that you would leave no stone unturned. I ask God that in this time you would make our hearts that are of stone into hearts that are of flesh. God, that you would give us clean hands and pure hearts. Father, we ask that your anointing would start to fall on believers, on households. Lord, that you would anoint us with your word. Father, that we would not just be educated, Lord, but we would walk as people who carry the revelation of the kingdom of God and the values that are established in the kingdom of God for all humanity. I ask God for a fire to rest on your people like it did in Acts 2. That as we go into the streets, people would look at us and know that we are different, but different because of the spirit of the living God that lives inside of us and dwells upon us. We ask, Lord, that you would bring unity in this time. We understand that the plan of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy. But we know, Jesus, that you died so that we become one with you. Jesus, as you and your father are one. I thank you, Lord, for the truth. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus is the truth. I thank you for the freedom that he brings, the freedom that comes with following Christ. I thank you for the freedom, the true freedom that was paid for on the cross. I thank you for the freedom that you bought and paid for, for my life and everyone else's lives. I thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for all of us. So, Father, we come humbly before you. God, we recognize that we do not have every answer to every problem, even though we may feel like we're a professional in this or that, but, Lord, you are the one that carries revelation. The true method of changing the people's hearts is you. So, Lord, will we not put ourselves before you any longer? But, Jesus, will you be the preeminent one, the one that comes first? God, in our strategies, would you be the center of it all? As we try to figure out problems and solutions and help guide people, would you be the center of it all? Father, for the questions that seem like they have no answers, would you be the one to bring the answers? because we cannot do it without you. We are hungry and we are longing for you. We see that you've been working through these past seasons, Lord. Father, with COVID-19, we see that the, the narrative was go into the secret place and search your heart. And Lord, it seems like the past has come yet again to hit us smack dab here in the present. Issues that some have felt like were over, but we're realizing that they are not. We ask, Lord, that you would be the center of it all and bring the answers, bring the hope where it seems like there is no hope. Till the soil of our souls leave no stone unturned. God, would you rock us Would you rock us with your spirit? Would you move and do only what you can do, Lord? I ask for a spirit of intercession to fall on the body of Christ, that we would humble ourselves and pray and seek your face. In Jesus' name, amen. I have three things for us this morning to talk about. First is I want to remind all of us how good God truly is. The second is I want to remind us all who we are in Christ. And the third, I feel like the Lord has given me a strategy for going through these next seasons. So I I know that it's wrapped around each and every one of us coming together in unity. And it's going to give us ways that we can help. Amen. Truly, I want to tell you that though I feel like you might think I'm angry, I'm not. I have a level of righteous anger because I was set free from my flesh anger when I accepted Christ. It was a battle that felt like it was a generational curse Something that I realized that my anger was destructive. But when I came to Christ, I realized that there was something that He had woven in my spirit. And it is a spirit of justice. But that same true spirit of justice will never rob your joy. I feel like we have sacrificed our joy because of our anger. We must be like Christ in this time and realize that we can walk in righteous anger, but never at the sacrifice of our God-given joy. I'm not talking about happiness to where you feel bubbly and skippity-doo-dah all day long. What I'm talking about is a supernatural amount of joy, like the joy that Paul had when he was in the prison cell so much joy that his heart was in overflow in the situation that it felt like everything was coming in against him. He was able to praise and worship because he understood that his source of joy was not this earth, was not the things that happened around him. He understood that his source of joy was from the Lord. And that is my true source. Now that I'm a follower of Christ, I choose that in the midst of trials, in the midst of pain, in the midst of confusion, my source is still the Lord. And I can hang on to the joy that he provides because it is truly given from him. And unless he takes it away, I will always walk in joy because it's from him. God is so good because in John 14, 6, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, and we cannot go to the Father except through him. He is so good that he provided us a way for all humanity to come to the Father through the Son. He is so good that he strategized from the very foundations of the earth He knew that one day there would be people so broken, so hopeless that they would need a savior. God is so good that he provided us a savior. God is so good that he's designed all humanity to come to know him. 2 Peter 3, 9 says that the Lord, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. As some count slowness, but he is patient. Toward you, wishing not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is so good that he desires each and every one of us. The entire earth he desires, every heart. God is so good that everything created, everything that he has created, he has called it good. Genesis 1:27 through 31 says, See, I have given you every herb of the field that it yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, I've given it to you. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, you shall be it shall be food for you. Also, every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, which is there, is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so. Then God saw everything that he made and indeed it was very good. He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish and the sea and the birds of the air. And every living thing that moves on the earth. God is so good that he made us good. But we recognize that we have brokenness. We recognize that we have all fallen short of the glory. Romans 8 One says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through the spirit of Christ, the law and the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. He is so good that he so loved the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God is so good that He has paid our debts of sin in full. John 8 36 says, Therefore, the Son of God makes you free, and you shall be free indeed. God is so good that He wants you to have the abundance of life. John 10:10 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it much more abundantly. God is so good that he's actually created him, his, his son and us woven in him to be our source of life. John 15, one through four, says, I am the vine, and you and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he will take away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit for itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. God is so good that he provides all of our needs. He is the true source of our provision. And he is so good that he allows us to be pruned for the development of our character because he wants us to look more like him. And he cares about us not only on the day that we say, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you make me clean again? I submit myself to you the same day that you said those words and gave your soul to Christ. He cares about you even more still the day that you are breathing this air that you are taking in your lungs even now. He cares. And that's why we are pruned And that's why we are to count it as all joy when we face trials of many kinds because we know that is for the testing and to see the approval of ourselves in Christ. See the development, the heart care that he's a good father's taking care of his kids to make sure we're growing, to point out every wicked way that's within us because that's what we're asking The Lord wants us to remember who we are. We are the branches that abide in Christ. John 15:5 He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Who are you? The branches. In the YouTube chat, say you're the branches. I'm the branches, and the YouTube chat say I bear much fruit because I abide. It's truth. Remember who you are because you are the one God has chosen. John fifteen nine says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you abide in my love if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love wow he has called you to abide you are one that abides in his love you are the one that god has given strategy john 15:11 says These things I have spoken to you, that joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than, than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are the one who God has given the strategy to. It's right here in the word. I have seen in these last days people speaking up to discredit the word of God. They have drugged the name of Jesus through the dirt to justify human actions that were from brokenness. There is true strategy that comes from the word of God because it is living, breathing, and active. We must be people who dig. When we abide in Christ, we will see the strategy come to life we will see the true fruit we will bear the true fruit of the kingdom you were once a slave but now a friend john 15:14 says you are my friends if you do whatever i command you you no longer No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. This is the importance of abiding. You have the spirit not of fear but of power. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind. You are a joint heir with Christ, and therefore a child of God. Romans 8.14-17, through 17, For as many of us are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption to whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. So I've given you some scripture. This is, these are the thoughts and the scriptures and the strategy that the Lord has just been laying on my heart. We must remember who we are. We must identify that we are children of God. And we must identify that the scheme of the enemy is to rip away your inheritance. We are so blessed here at convergence because if you've been with us for the last three years you have seen a journey that the lord has been laying out to our body first it starts with the ecclesia the ecclesia as we know is a governing body it is the true form of leadership and government in the body of christ how we were called to rule and reign because we are heirs of Christ. We shall see his dominion on the earth. And the ecclesia is the tool, the facets to the actual government system that is biblical, that is the foundation to see true transformation in the earth. And it's from God. It was his idea. He said, on this rock, I will build my ecclesia. That is you, that is me. As sons and daughters of a living king, we must walk in our authority. See, with these past seasons, it feels like the enemy is trying to take that authority away due to fear, due to division. But I believe that the spirit of God is rising up in people. The spirit of truth remains the same throughout the body of Christ, it doesn't really matter how much it it seems like these arguments of the past for what color the carpet is or if you speak in tongues or not or what it really means to be baptized. It seems like all those arguments in the hour that we're living in truly seem like it's just from our flesh. And I think we're truly seeing hunger on the earth due to brokenness and hopelessness. My question is, will we rise up and be the truth on the earth? Will we rise up and be the salt and the light in the land like we've been called? The Lord reminded me of a story that's near and dear to my heart. And I think that this story gives us a a unique strategy and a practical vision of what it looks like to carry out the will of God in our day. This story I have shared before in past messages is the story that comes out of 2 Samuel chapter 9, the story of David and Mephibosheth. David is king Mephibosheth is a descendant from Saul. Saul's descendants were wrongfully killed and murdered without the king's order, King David. There was this so-called justice being done on the earth because of the wrong that Saul had done and for the division that it had caused in God's people. So David's men, without following orders, sought out the descendants of Saul to kill them off. A time of confusion, a time of misunderstanding, a time of pain. Mophibeseth was five years old. He was taken by his caretaker, and they fled in this fleeing Mophiberseth was dropped as a young boy. Because of the damage done from his, when he was dropped, he became lame in both feet. His feet no longer worked. He was crippled. He went to a place of hiding for years because he was fearful for his life. This brokenness had been done to a young boy. Someone who is so innocent. Someone who had nothing to do with the decisions of Saul. But he had to deal with the offenses that were passed down to him but see David understood the heart of God he understood that in this time he must be the answer to the division see there's much brokenness on the earth right now and we're seeing it we're seeing the brokenness in people we're seeing the brokenness that of misunderstanding of misconception We're seeing the the past come into fruition for sin that has not been dealt with. And I don't know about you, but I think I am to blame. Because my prayer has been, Lord, wake us up. My prayer has been, Lord, would you bring to our attention the brokenness that is in our society? Because we want your name to be lifted high. Would you give us clean hands and a pure heart? Many of you, like me, have been asking that the darkness would be revealed, so that the light may truly shine. And I believe that's where we are right now. David in this story represents you and I, believers that will stand for truth, that will go to the place that Mephibosheth is in. That place is called Lo Debar. That means the place of barrenness. These are places that people end up when they're hopeless, where there is no fruit because the hand that was dealt to them. See, it has nothing to do, nothing to do with the decisions that they've made, but everything to do with you and I and how we act now. David says, is there any descendants that are left from Saul, from Jonathan? Because he made a pact with his best friend Jonathan that he would take care of the generations that would come after him. One person speaks up. His name is Ziba. And he says, I know of a man named Mephibosheth." in the place of Lodibar, the place of barrenness where nothing good can come out of. And the call that David had on his life is much like the call that we have on our lives now. He goes to Lodibar. And he says, Mophibuseth, it's David. Mophibuseth is fearful, He thinks that David's there to take his life. He thinks that David's there to point out every wrong that he has done. But instead, David says, no. I've come to tell you the truth. And the truth is I come with restoration. That truth is I have come to restore your birthright. Then it was a kingly heritage, but now it is just the same. Because he has called us to be sons and daughters of a living king. The same message that David had to bring is the same message that we bring today. To the ones protesting in the streets without hope, we carry the hope. To the ones that are sitting with hypocrisy in their hearts, we come bearing hope. We are the answer. See, the enemy's plan has been to divide us. There is a lie that we are believing that you have to pick a side. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I'm here to tell you that there is a third side. See, when you accept Christ, you're brought into his lineage. In his lineage, he says, Blessed are those who are the peacemakers, for they shall become sons of God. Sons of God you shall be. Blessed are the peacemakers. You are a peacemaker. You do not pick sides because you are not of this world. You are on God's side. As a peacemaker, we are called as believers, just like David, to go into the place of barrenness where there is no hope and bring hope. To the people that are broken, to the mistakes that were made from the past, that are being affected even now in the present, it is up to us to legislate now and bring hope. There are people that are broken, that are needy, that are barren, and we are the answer. No longer can we be bound by the four walls of the church. We must go to the streets. We must go to the homes. We must bring hope again. Do not fall into the lie that you have to pick a side. Because when you accepted Christ, your side was already chosen. Some ask me, well, Pastor Andrew, it feels like I need to speak up. If you are feeling led to speak up and speak out, if you're on social media speaking out, you better follow what the Lord is saying. You better speak out if he's called you to. But if you are being driven by guilt from man, your job is to not please man. Your job is to please the Lord. We are not judged by the the thoughts of mankind. We are judged by the thoughts of the Lord. We cannot cave to what society says is right or wrong. We must hold up the standard of the word of the Lord that has been written and directed by God himself. The word that he brings is not divisive between mankind but against good and evil. It is divisive between light and dark, lies and truth. Christ is the truth and the truth will set you free. My prayer is that we find him at the center of it all. Remember who you are. We have been believing a lie We have been fed lies that it is the strife between brothers that is the problem. But I'm here to tell you that Ephesians 6 says a final word. Be strong. You see Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. This is in the New Living Translation. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, against authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. My friends, the battle is not between you and I. More important than ever, we must be walking in a spirit of intercession. More important than ever, the key right now is to come together and contend for life. The battle is not in politics. And politics are not the answer. That's a really good excuse for a people who don't depend on the Lord. We are in a time when we must stand on a firm foundation, a foundation that cannot be moved. That foundation is built in Christ. I've also heard it said, well, if we don't stand and fight, then our rights will be taken. If we truly believe that our rights are given by God, He is the one who will defend them. We are saying we need to be educated. I'm all for stats and statistics, but that does not change the heart of man. Knowledge will not change hearts. More than ever, we need revelation. More than education in this time. We need godly revelation because in the heart is where the battle is won. Through our prayer and intercession the war is won in the heavens. And through our love on the earth are the battles won in the hearts of man. The revelation of Christ and the peace that he gives and when they look at your life and go, "How can he be so positive and full of joy and optimistic?" That is when they will know you follow Christ because of your love. I'm not telling you not to protest. I, for one, have been a part of many, as I was really realizing these past few days. But in the heart of protest, it must be. A, in the right place. Your heart position, your posture must be to bring hope and be a voice of hope. If you felt like you didn't have the answers, I hope you have them now because the answer is you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. More than ever, The church has to be brought to the lowest place in humility. More than ever, we have to realize that we don't know everything. More than ever, we have to realize that we are a broken people. More than ever in this season, we must realize that our one true hope and dependence is the Lord. That it doesn't matter how much money we have, how much money we can give away, what organization we support, what matters is what you do in your daily life and how you love the people that are around you. It is not by happenstance that we have been going over in this last season our sonship and going, it felt like it was almost like a repeat for some. But more than ever, we realize That it is the Lord who is speaking. He is bringing the truth back. Maybe a message that was from 10 years ago. But that message is still the same today. That we are sons and daughters. And we must not forget that we have been called to legislate. There's nothing to do but to pray. So let's pray and we're gonna end here. Father, I thank you for the unity that you are bringing in the body of Christ. I thank you for your word and the strategy that you've been releasing over the earth. I thank you that you have not called us to pick sides here on earth, but you have delegated us, you've elected us to be on your side and to bring the truth. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would stir us up, that you would shake us of complacency, that we would not sit back any longer, but that we would spread the gospel like it would be like flames on the earth, that you would burn so bright in the places that feel hopeless, And Father, for the rich man to the poor, would you bring us all down in humility? Because we know that at the foot of the cross, we are all made equal. Father, would you till the soil of our souls? Would you leave no stone unturned? are on the third side. Thanks again for listening. For more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.